Hey, everybody. Pennsylvania, Arizona, Georgia, Dominion voting systems. Questions we need answers to. The man that has been covering this almost more than anyone else, Kyle Becker, is here on The Charlie Kirk Show. If this show means something to you and you want young people to get behind the work that we are doing, please consider supporting us at charliekirk.com slash support. That allows our team to expand, to have the resources we need to be able to reach millions of young people all across the country. Kyle Becker is here. Buckle up, everybody. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Look, it's Christmas season. and A lot of you guys are emailing us, freedom at charliekirk.com. How do I give back this Christmas season. Look, I know it's been a tough year, but those of us that are Christians, we are called to help and to assist regardless of the circumstances around us. Whether we had a blessed year or a tough year, it's time to step up and do something. I think we all know that. That's why we are partnering with Angel Tree. Angel Tree is great. They help kids whose parents are in prison. It's not even about the fact of what their parents did. It's the fact that the kids are alone and the kids If they do not hear from their parents, they're more likely to also get involved in crime in the future. So let's really communicate the love of Jesus Christ with a personalized note from their dad and an access to a Bible in either Spanish or English. And that's what the Fellowship Angel Tree Program does. Last year, the Angel Tree Program blessed over 300,000 children of prisoners all across America. What's so cool is that if you give directly, it doesn't go to overhead or all that stuff. It goes straight to the kid, especially this Christmas season. And so let's just keep it easy. Just go to charliekirk.com. There's a banner on the top of it, charliekirk.com. And we are getting behind it. We're donating a little bit of money from the Charlie Kirk Show to Angel Tree because we really believe in what they're doing. There's an Angel Tree banner there on charliekirk.com. You guys can check it out and support what we are doing. Um, and I think that's really important because for a gift of $220, you can bless 10 children of prisoners with a personalized Christmas present and a personal note from their incarcerated parent. Plus, every Angel Tree family is also given access to free, easy-to-read copy of the Bible in English or Spanish. So check it out at charliekirk.com. Very, very important. Thank you guys so much for that. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this special episode of The Charlie Kirk Show. Joining us is one of my favorite follows on Twitter. He has been on top of the game more so than almost anyone else, Kyle Becker. Uh, Kyle, I think you've added probably 50,000 followers on Twitter uh, recently. 130,000 in a few weeks. So, Whoa, geez. Yeah, okay. so we're moving. We're moving. We're getting the word out. And uh, Kyle has on his Twitter profile a picture of William Wallace, the great. Um, <laughs> yeah, I cut that myself. One of my answers. Proprietary. No. Yes, exactly. So, uh, Kyle, welcome to the program. The floor is yours. What, you. are, what are we living through? Well, we just got the smart-ass response from Pennsylvania to this very serious lawsuit from Texas against Pennsylvania and three other states, Wisconsin, uh, Georgia, and Michigan. And so six states have, have joined the Texas's lawsuit or petitioning to today with a motion to intervene, uh, the, the same motion to intervene that we saw from President Trump yesterday to become a party to the lawsuit, 
not just Philonamicus Bure. So this is uh, Curie. So this is very serious stuff. But Pennsylvania issued, or uh, they issued a very unserious response to this right now. Uh, here's some of the verbiage that Pennsylvania thinks is appropriate to respond to this lawsuit, which is based on the law uh, and, and, and not on, not on uh, sort of uh, smart alecky rhetoric. Uh, so they say that it is legally indefensible, which is fine. But then they also call it a seditious abuse of the ju- judicial process. Seditious. It is not, and we saw this from Robert Wright yesterday. He tried to characterize it as seditious for states who are representing their voters to go to the Supreme Court to ask them to adjudicate a, a, an argument that is based in the law in Article 2 and in also in uh, U.S. Code. So they have an interest in this election not, being, uh, not seeing their voters to be disenfranchised by these four states, which clearly changed election laws without going through the state legislature. So you have been on top of this Dominion voting system, uh, let's just say scandal, I'll call it that, more so than anyone else. Right. Can you just walk us through what you have discovered, some of the rightful suspicion we should have of Dominion voting systems? Build this all out for us, because those uh, tweets and that commentary you've been offering has been the most interesting to me. Well, Charlie, uh, the first thing I want to say is that left-wing activists and the Democrats themselves were all over Dominion voting systems before the 2020 election. It is very easy to find from PBS. You know, Fox News ran something in in 2016. Uh, You know, we're talking about university professors, uh, you know, professional white hat hackers like Harry Hursty, who who at DEF CON exposed the the security flaws. We're talking new, like a stack of research that is verifiable. Nobody challenged it before the 2020 election. So fast forward to the 2020 election. It, it only seems like it's getting worse and worse for the Dominion voting systems. In particular, there's also ESNS. I want to point that out. That's also in Philly. Not trying to just pick on Dominion voting systems in particular, but they have the most evidence right now that their systems are extremely uh, susceptible, not just to hacking, but also uh, election worker manipulation with the adjudication process. So if we go to Coffee County, Okay, this this is a real county in Georgia. It's Coffee County. All right, they sent they sent a notice to uh, Brad Raffensperger, the Secretary of State, and he um, and basically what they're saying is they we're contesting that you're certifying these election results when we have made these disturbing discoveries in the Dominion voting system software. The I have a video that I shared uh, through uh, an associate, um, uh, you know. Uh, uh, Jesse Prince, Princey, she found this and, and she brought it up. It's election workers demonstrating how you can vote twice. You can override votes with just a touch of the button. You can do blank ballot voting. You can do all types of different voting with the adjudication process. Now, adjudication is a way for election workers to try to determine how somebody probably meant to vote um, with some kind of ballot smudges or mismarkings or something. You do this on the marginal side of things. They have almost 200,000 adjudications uh, between Fulton County and Gwinnett County. Uh, this is just a monstrous uh, affront to the voters of Georgia and to, to, the, Georgia, uh, to the voters nationwide. So if you go to the, the, I call it the State Vote Farm Arena video, where they were captured on video, and this was fake debunked. Yeah, it's not actually debunked. They actually verified the complaints about the video through the debunking, which I find hilarious and ironic. But 
They did send people home. And then what happened is election workers appear to be running stacks of ballots through the tabulators, two, two in particular, running them through. They'll put them on the tabulator, run it through, go back to their computer, wait, hit something on their computer. This is where you, where you can see in the video that I posted, you get the adjudication screen. You click, oh, I want Biden. I want these guys. And if they were doing it really fast, it would just be Biden potentially. And that's why you would see like such a disparity where Biden was going up in the Georgia voting tabulation, but Asif wasn't, for example. You can go track this uh, that night uh, of November 4th to, into the morning of November 5th. So you, you can see all of this uh, with the data, too, at the same time as this Fulton County video comes out. And don't, let's not forget, state of Georgia was sued for even doing the $106 million contract with Dominion to begin with. So they were, there was outcry about this before the election. So not coming out of the blue on this stuff. It's not some far-fetched far you know, conspiracy theory. The Democrats themselves, the, the PBS, liberal media outlets, just go down the list. Bloomberg, uh, go down the list, have pointed out the same things that I've been pointing out after the election, Charlie. This is a, a tweet you sent that said 20,000 ballots were received before they were mailed. What is the response from Pennsylvania when they're confronted with this evidence? Right. Yes. This is a video where I went to the Pennsylvania database before it was removed from public use, downloaded all of it, just categorized it by the, the, the sent and the received dates you go through. And then it verifies what Epoch Times initially discovered with their report uh, that you have dates that are uh, bef received before they were sent, okay? And then there were another 80,000 where there wasn't even a received date. So we don't even, so, and the thing about the mail-in ballots, and even the New York Times has said this, if you separate the signed envelope from the actual vote, you cannot, you cannot trace it anymore. It's just, a, it's just a vote. So, you know, you can have all these mail-in ballots, but you don't know who they voted for. You don't know, like you, there's no way to really audit that. So it's extremely, it's an extreme problematic thing. And William Barr, who seems to be AWOL throughout this entire process, said that basically we were playing with fire months ago to even have the mail-in ballot process and uh, to this extreme level. And he's been missing in action. Like we really need an attorney general to step up and, and provide some clarity and some leadership in this position that the, that the country's been thrust into trying to get decisive answers and, and the Department of Justice is not is not really uh, not really living up to its uh, credo at this point. And, and some people are saying that there is no evidence of voter fraud. I think it's the opposite. We have too much evidence of voter fraud. Just scroll through your Twitter feed. Uh, and for all of you that want to follow Kyle Becker, it is at Kyle N. A. Becker. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. It's my two middle names. It's <laughs> so, the initials. So. <laughs> and so check out his Twitter feed. And so we have examples of Georgia and Pennsylvania. Can you talk a little bit about Arizona? What are some of the irregularities that you found in Arizona uh, when it comes to Dominion and some of the fraud around there? All right. So Maricopa County is the only county in Arizona that uses Dominion software. OK, and we have 28,000 votes that have been digitally adjudicated in Maricopa County. So what does that mean? So like we have all these mail-in votes, they come in, they're digitally adjudicated. There's like no way to really track how those votes were without, uh, without even checking the software itself through the source code and seizing and impounding machines and 
checking flash drives, checking ballots, uh, you know, that you know, signatures on envelopes and stuff like this to see if it adds up in the counts. Um, so it's, it, it, you know, Arizona is extremely alarming case as well. We're talking about a very thin margin. Is it 12,000 votes? I mean, it's, it's extremely thin. And so it doesn't take, it only takes uh, less than 0.2% of these votes in these states, um, which is like some of the, the closest margins in U.S. history going back to 1960 uh, race with JFK and Nixon, another huge, uh, hugely controversial election. We're seeing some of the most, the thinnest margins with some of the biggest red flags uh, about their voting system software, about the mass mail-in ballots, which you can't track. So I think all of these are legitimate questions, but I'm most excited about Texas's case because you don't have to get into the sticky issues and the nuance and, and the numbers and the data, which is very hard to understand. For me, it's a clear-cut case. They changed the election rules unlawfully without the state legislatures violates the constitution. So like all of these red flags that you and I are talking about, the witness statements, like they can't be a grand cabal of, what, what do they say about conspiracy theories? That, that if it takes like so many people to do a conspiracy theory, then it's, it's, it's probably not true. Uh, you can also flip that on the head and say like, if you have people across all of these different states who are coming forth, signing their name on an affidavit, sitting in state senates, and delivering testimony with their faces and their addresses. I mean, they have the guts to do this, where a lot of the gutless blue checks on Twitter and in the mainstream media aren't uh, aren't putting swearing to any of this stuff. They're just basically, you know, playing armchair quarterback and trying to dismiss all of these things when they don't when they can't possibly know if it's true or false. They don't know because they weren't there. These people are swearing by it, but yet they're dismissing. it. It's a complete sham, uh, of course, <laughs> as you know. What will be the Supreme Court's remedy because the Supreme Court might decide correctly 5-4, but what will their remedy? Their remedy could be a good decision, but then just kicking it back down to the courts or not the courts, the states. For example, they could say, you're right, this was unconstitutional, but we're not going to go as far to as say that we're going to rule on the whole election. We're going to just going to rule on this rule. Your, your, your states can now decide what to do. So I just want to make sure people are understanding it. it's the remedy that is really unclear. I think it's very clear this was unconstitutional. Why is it that Kemp and Raffensperger didn't try to fix this themselves or try to at least have another session of the legislature? Why does Kemp have to be publicly embarrassed and sued by another state to show how weak he is? Well, this is the great question, whereas they're do clearly dodging accountability for this election. They're fighting it. They're dragging their feet. They don't want to hold any special sessions in the state legislature. They don't want this publicly debated. They just want us to move on. The whole media thing is just let's just move on. Well, here's the thing. And let's just go back to the Supreme Court thing. What is the remedy? The remedy is to take it right back to the state legislatures that are dodging accountability to begin with because the governors are not, you know, allowing for a special session. So there's a there's a possibility where maybe these electors can't be seated. and this prevents Biden from getting 270. It may not be that Trump gets the electoral victory through the remedy, potentially. That It's just that they cannot in good conscience seat the electors. And, and so what happens is, obviously, we all, I'm sure we've been brushing up all this. You, it goes to the House. You have the state, uh, the, the state delegations, with which the Republicans have 26 states uh, delegations versus, versus the minority for, for the Democrats. 
And so they can adjudicate this election. It's not unprecedented. We saw this, you know, happened, uh, you, you know, way back with, uh, you know, Thomas Jefferson and John Adams. So uh, it, it has happened before in U.S. history. We have had like extreme uh, house, uh, a presidential election determined by the House. And so, uh, you know, it would be, you know, uh, really extreme remedy to it. But we've seen extremely fraudulent uh you know, behavior, I believe, in these states. And, and also the way the way that they change these election rules is also fraudulent on its face. Uh, I would argue that it, it, there is no pandemic clause in the U.S. Constitution or in your state laws. So you have to abide by them. Look, I have been working with Vincero for about two years now, just about two years. Pretty amazing. And they have become one of my all time favorite brands. I could tell you, Mr. Producer, he walks around with his Vincero watch. He's smiling. He's confident because he knows how great Vincero is. Look, Vincero is giving away our listeners exclusive access to their Christmas sale. Head over to VinceroWatches.com slash Kirk. Avoid the rush of last-minute gifts and shop their sale right now. Trust me, I work with Vincero because I believe they do a great job. Vincero sent me some of their new stuff, and I could tell you, Mr. Producer really likes it. I'm telling you, these watches, they make the perfect gift, especially with the Christmas season coming up. Plus, they have engravings on the back of their watches. Who else does that? They have 25,000 five-star reviews, so obviously people like them. And Vincero offers free shipping, 30 free day returns, and guarantees your watch for two years. My listeners have been the hero for Vincero this year. Seriously, the guys at Vincero told me they're extremely grateful for all your support, so keep the emails, messages, and letters going. Mr. Producer, he wants to thank you because he's a big Vincero fan. It's producer Andrew. You guys have heard him before. It's V-I-N-C-E-R-O watches.com forward slash Kirk. V-I-N-C-E-R-O watches.com forward slash Kirk. Go to my link and pick out your favorite watch and get a great discount right now. You talk about Kemp's connections to Dominion voting systems. Kemp, yes. Well, there's a $106 million contract uh, for Dominion that was uh, you know, purchased by the state of Georgia. Um it was fought in the courts in 2019. Some really uh, alarming things came out in the lawsuit where expert testimony were pointing out that Dominion Voting Systems has uh, really, prob- uh, really problematic issues uh, with its security. Um, you know, and just corroborating that, Texas did its own audits of Dominion Voting System and failed it three different times. Uh, the state of Louisiana, which, na- uh, which is a neighbor of it, uh, you know, down in the, su- in the southern region, it actually withdrew uh withdrew the the bid the grant the grant uh on the dominion bid and gave it to esns and that's because of the uh suspicious way that it went through the uh behavior so it smacked of corruption it looked like dominion was using corrupt methods to get its bid uh, uh get its bid approved by the state so when you sh- shift over to georgia and you see like these big grants that are going to judge Georgia. Let's look at the just the veil of corruption around Georgia right now. China, Georgia, Georgia teaming up with China. Dominion has Chinese parts. I mean, I'm just saying like just putting these just in context here. And and also the other thing is that Zuckerberg with $350 million grants, why? To just target mainly blue districts in Georgia is like one of these states. So you have like this pall of corruption around Georgia that is just thick. And you and once you start digging into it and you start seeing these videos and this and all these data anomalies and you start seeing all these things within this context, 
Georgia looks like a complete mess. And, and just because it's run by Kemp and, and, and Raffensperger and, as the Secretary of State does not mean that they're the good guys, ipso facto. We have to really look at Republicans in, in, in all the, these different states that are okay with Dominion, they're okay with ESNS, they're okay, okay with all of, uh, all of these voting systems that you know, have secret source codes and we can't look into it. This is not what democracy looks like, okay, to use the left's terminology. Um, you know, so there, so there's just a, there's just a thick cloud of corruption around Georgia right now. And Kemp is right in the middle of it. And it's, it's, I wish I could, you know, I'm not going to use <laughs> a certain term, but he's right in the middle of this hurricane of, you know, garbage. And, uh, and, and so, you know, this, the, the Republicans in the state of Georgia have to be really nervous right now, looking at, at those Senate elections, uh, coming up because, if they can't get accountability on this, how are they going to get accountability in those elections? Uh, it's a huge issue. And Supreme Court has to take this up, I believe. Um, yeah, no doubt. That's exactly right. And so the the issue that I think a lot of us have and where the grassroots and the base is on this, they feel increasingly disenfranchised. And it is a it is almost a retreat to cynicism. And it's a very dangerous thing where they believe their phone calls, their donations, their commitment, their vote, their advocacy meant nothing. Instead, a small select group of ruling class elites got in the way. What gives you at least some uh, peace that this can be remedied, not just in short term, but long term? What needs to be done? Let's start with the short term to at least have Mm -hmm. some form of justice. Because mm-hmm. I, I used to say it bluntly, and I'm sure you agree. I, be, I believe this election was completely fraudulent and stolen, soup to nuts in four states. Mm-hmm. What, what are the action steps, short term and long term? Essentially, um, let's, just, let's just assume worst case scenario, just because for the sake of argument, that we don't get the remedy that we're all desperately seeking in this election. And these four states are held accountable for unlawfully changing their elections. and, and dismissing all of these witness uh, statements about there being fraud. So we've been in this position before America to some extent. When Obama came in with uh, with the Senate and the House, uh, you know, it, things were bleak in 2008. And, you know, we hit the grassroots running. I was in at the Tea Party. I was a board member of Tea Party Nation. I worked a political campaign where we flipped a blue, uh, a blue district, uh, red, uh, that was New York 19 uh, with Dan Hayworth. Uh, so, so like I saw that enthusiasm uh, and that energy. I think if they deprive us of standing in the Supreme Court and they don't provide us some remedy of, about uh, in the law, then what we saw in 2010 is going to be child's play. It, it really, we're going to see uh, incumbents. We're going to see primaries because nobody like you, I, you know, anybody who's really paying attention to this, we're not going to be complacent about this. We are, you have to get the state legislatures to do something about these voting machines. Maryland, uh, you know, two, two counties in Virginia, they've pulled this, went to all paper ballots. We need to do that. We, and just for starters, so we control a lot of the state legislatures, the governors, a lot of the trifectas, you know, we have to really uh, leverage that to get the changes at the state level. Um, but I think, I think there's definitely going to be a crisis of confidence in some of our, in, in many of our institutions. And that's something that should mobilize people, not make them demoralized, 
that's how the radical left wins. I never let them demoralize me um, because if you do that, they've won. You're done. Um, and um, so, so that's the one thing that we can do is just never be apathetic and always be vigilant and keep pushing them. Uh, if they feel the pressure uh, and, they, and, and we start mobilizing and really get in their face and push back, you'll see them start backing off on these low lockdown rules. You have to make them back up their threats. And, and if, they, if they are, you know, that's really gut check time for them. They count on us being complacent and passive. We have to show them that we're not complacent or passive. I agree with that completely. And I was just around a group of some very wealthy conservatives. Every single one of them believed this was stolen. And they realize that the Republican Party is nothing. It doesn't mean anything. It means absolutely nothing. It is an immaterial designation. Trump is the center of gravity. And that's not going to change because Trump is not going to let's say Trump loses. Let's just say that. Let's just play this out. Some people don't like it when I say this, but you have to do this. Let's say Trump loses. He's not going to lose as a defeated or disgraced president. Leave. He will be viewed by 74 million people as the rightful winner. Hillary never had that, right? Some people on the left said that, but it was more kind of, it was more kind of just sinister. We're mad you won Trump. They did the Russia thing and all that. But with Trump, the entire base is going to say Joe Biden is an illegitimate president. And I'm not saying that's a healthy thing. I'm just saying that's the new state of affairs. And a lot of these Chamber of Commerce Republicans, they're basically just waiting to go back to the way things were, like open borders, pro-China, all these sorts of things. So in closing, what is this telling you or teaching you about the Republican Party? Look, we like essentially we need to push back on the Republican Party twice as hard as we did in 2010. We need to hold them to the fire. And, and that essentially means questioning them to the extent where if, if Donald Trump decided to run 30, third party candidate, he would get a serious look by a lot of people who are conservatives, independents, people who are sick of the beltway games that they're playing with the American people, the, the media establishment, the radical left. They're trying to divide us. They're trying to conquer us. We need a unifier. Donald Trump has played the role of unifier. We saw that with the rallies throughout the entire uh, campaign where Biden was getting a few people in a car in a half empty parking lot, and he was filling up arenas full of people with enthusiasm and passion. That is not going to go away. Donald Trump could be the lightning rod that really unifies a lot of Americans and gets them pushing for the change that we deserve. This time as an outsider who has been inside the system, has been inside of Washington, knows it inside and out and can really spearhead, knows where to look for the, the, the critical issues and the things that we can do to mobilize to get the change we deserve. Very good. I agree. Well, Kyle, thank you for joining the Charlie Kirk Show. Keep up the great work, and we'll see you in Palm Beach. All right. That'd be great, Charlie. Take okay, care, everybody. Thanks. Bye. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Email us your questions, freedom at charliekirk.com. If you want to get involved with Turning Point USA, where we play offense with a sense of urgency to win America's culture war, go to tpusa.com. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. God bless. Speak to you soon.